the law shall not depart out of my mouth, but I will meditate therein day and night. I will observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then my way shall be prosperous, and then I will have good success. Tell us what I'm getting ready to be blessed again. You may take your seats. Under renovation. Under renovation. Matthew chapter 3 says, In those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then we find there in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, it says, From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. As we go into this particular lesson, I'll just take a few moments today to give introduction and share with you that the purpose of this lesson is to uh, connect us to the present move of God, to connect us to the present move of God. Again, to, to connect us to the present move of God. Yes, it suggests that there is a move of God that is occurring now that some of us are not connected to. That there is a move of God that is occurring now that, that <coughs> very, let me clear, clarify, that many times we think that God is just starting to do something. But God has finished everything that he's going to do. Just that there are things that are time released. Okay, he's completed everything. But then there, are, there, there is a time when things are released. There is an appropriate time when things are released. And so, as the, as the purpose says to us to connect us to the present move of God, it just really says that God is flowing in a certain way. And we need to connect. We need to get on board. We need to flow with what God is doing. Amen. Even in the old covenant there, when the children of Israel, when God had announced through the leadership of Moses to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. It was then that Pharaoh went and told them what God had said to him. Tell him, I am that I am sent thee. And they told, he told Pharaoh what God said. Then a series of things occurred whereby Pharaoh's heart was hardened and then softened and then hardened and then softened. And that was simply to show us that God is in control of everything. Are you here? And so Pharaoh, he, in those times, he would, he would when, when God would soften his heart, Pharaoh would let the people begin to make their transition. And then God would harden his heart and then Pharaoh would, again, uh, uh, call them and draw them back in. And it was that God released them from captivity there in Egypt and how that they began to journey from Egypt going on their way to the promised land. And in front of them was a Red Sea. Do y'all remember that story? I'm just kind of glazing over top because I want to make a quick point. They were on their way to the promised land, but there was a Red Sea that they had to encounter. And on their way, the Bible says that as they journeyed, that God would establish for them 
signals and times for them to move. When there was a certain time, God would, at night, God would have them to pitch their tent, to stop. Then when it was time to go, what God would do, he would lead them. And the Bible says that during the daytime, he led them by a pillar of cloud. And when he did lead them at night, he led them by a pillar, come on, of fire. So it was when it was time to rest that the cloud would rest and stop. But then when it was time to move forward, the cloud would rise and then go forward. And my point is that there are times when God says it's not time to move. But then there are times when God says, let's go. So there's a move of God that's happening now. And God is leading us in this. Are you with me? And it's time for us to get connected, come on, to and with the move of God. Now, not to bore you or either to confuse you, but let me share this with you. That in time... We are, what, we are in what is called now the dispensation of grace. There are arguably seven dispensations. Some say eight. But most of the scholars and theologues would say that there are seven dispensations. The seven, the, the seven dispensations are innocence, which happened in Genesis chapter 1 through Genesis chapter 3, The second dispensation was conscience, Genesis 3. Just kind of follow me. Genesis, excuse me, uh, the the 4 through 8. The third uh, dispensation was human government, Genesis 9, if you will, through 11. The fourth dispensation was promise, okay, Genesis 12 through Exodus 19. The fifth dispensation is law. Of course, we know about the law of Moses, all right, from Exodus 20. That takes us all the way up to arguably around Acts chapter number 20. And then it said the sixth dispensation is what we're in now, the grace dispensation. And then which takes us between Acts 2 and 4 up to about Revelations chapter 20, verse number 3. And then the seventh dispensation is called the, res- the millennial kingdom dispensation, Revelations chapter 20, verses 4 through the end, verse 6. Now, I share that because that there are seven dispensations, and every time when you hear the, the term dispensations from a biblical perspective, you're t- we're really talking about a, a time that is divinely ordained by God, whereby there are particular things that happen in history. It is a divine time that God uses to release certain things in history. They're called dispensations. This is how God leads and interacts with mankind. Are y'all with me? Okay. I'm, I'm sharing this with you so you understand that there is a movement that is occurring. My God. That there is a movement that is occurring. God is releasing stuff and God is on the move and doing certain things at certain times. And now we have come to the dispensation of grace. Can we keep going? So that you can still kind of follow me here. In those times and movements in scripture, what we are most, most familiar with are different movements within the Christian community, within the Christian church. How many of you ever heard of Smith Wigglesworth? Okay. 
How many of you ever, ever heard of Catherine Kuhlman or Kuhlman, however you want to pronounce? You've heard of these people, right? There are, there are some interesting people that God has had in history that help us to connect to certain movements. Some of you never heard of a guy by the name of John Smith. Smith or Smythe, however you want to call him. But he is responsible for what we know as the Baptist movement. Some of you heard of Martin Luther, John Wesley. These are some of the people that got, this is more in our time, moving up from... Moving up from the 15th century and 16th century up into where we are now. God used some of these these people to start. There was also in the movement of God, there was also what was called the holiness movement. The holiness movement, to some of y'all's surprise, came out of a traditional setting. But the holiness movement gave birth to the Pentecostal movement. You thought one was one. You thought they both were one and the same. But the holiness movement was one that gave birth to the Pentecostal movement. Then we've heard of the charismatic movement. There was a prayer movement. Yeah. Move, the different movements occurred in history. Are you all here? Different types of movements occur. The, the great awakenings of, uh, uh, occurred. Okay? And all of these were movements that came as a result of revelation hitting the church. Because God is not releasing... <sighs> 2024 revelation in 2014. God's not releasing 2024 revelation for the year 2014. There is a time that is ordained where there's certain revelations hit the body of Christ to move the body of Christ into where God is taking us. At the end of the day, y'all, it's not going to be like this. There is going to be a rapture that's going to take place and God's going to snatch the saints out of this earth. Rapture means a snatching. That's why it's going to happen in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Go ahead and bat your eye. It's going to happen just that fast. That God's going to snatch the believers, the saints, the real saints out of this earth. Then there's going to be that time of tribulation and trouble that's going to be happening. And then God's going to be dealing with Israel and those type of things. Then after all of that has taken place, some of y'all think you're going to live in heaven forever. But then there is what is called the new Jerusalem that's going to come down. Where there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And we're going to repossess. Should I say this? Repossess the earth. There's going to be a cleansing of all of this mess. Hallelujah. And God's original plan is going to be restored here on this earth. Now, not trying to confuse you, but trying to help you to know that God is on the move and you and I need to be connected to what God is doing in the now. Yeah. Yeah. 
great movement happening. So we see it in the different churches. We see it in the different churches. There, there's a word of faith movement. There's a healing movement that came on the scene. When we start seeing Catherine Kuhlman and, 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 and Wigglesworth and all those moving on the scene, there was, there was this thing happening. William Seymour connecting with some of, some of the people back in the day, the Bishop Charles Harrison Mason. And, you, 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 and the Church of God organization. The Church of God in Christ organization. All of those and the Assemblies of God, all of those were born at a certain time because of a certain revelation that hit. Now, I'm sharing this with you because sometimes what happens, even with the revelation that comes forth and moves the church along, there are certain things that can clog up the vein or the flow of what God's trying to do. See, when these revelations hit the body of Christ, it is not for any one of us to have a cornering of the market on anything. It is just to expose the body of Christ to more of what God's trying to do. And what happens sometimes, there are denominations that clog us up because now we begin to not only have a revelation, but we start something brand new and don't know how to integrate it or to assimilate it into the body of Christ. Because there are differences of opinions and differences of of convictions. And so here we end up being segregated because we don't understand what God's really trying to do. So we get clogged up. Not that those things aren't good things, but we get clogged up in thinking that we've cornered the market on certain things. Yeah. No way in the world was there supposed to be a Pentecostal assemblies of the world having some difference and some dividing line between the church of God and Christ or the church of God. But then what happens is in a lot of these movements, because we major or those movements major on a certain thing. Because of a certain revelation, then they now look at others and now begin to tell others um, uh, in the body of Christ that you're wrong, you're doing it wrong. When the real deal is that God is trying to get the church out of a stupor. God's trying to move the church away from going to sleep because of ordinary getting stuck in situations. We get stuck in certain times and don't want to move with God. Then we stand with our snob nose and stand with our differences. We are the body of Christ. But why is there so much division and schism in the body? That's because we don't understand the move of God. God is trying to release something not just to us, but to the body. Come on now. There's more revelation than what you have. Come on. You don't know everything. I don't know everything. But if God gives you something, it is not just for you solely alone. It's to cause the body to be promoted. I understand my functionality, but I need you to know that I need you too. I have a part in it, but I need you to know that you play a part in what I do. My knees are irrelevant if my feet are not connected to my legs. 
So since we have all of these, there is, God's trying to get us to work together, but he's trying to show us we may have different functionality, but we're still the same body. I'm just trying to get you to move beyond where you are. I don't give you a head, a torso, arms, legs, feet, ankles, all that for you to stay in one place. I give you all of that so you can move. Y'all, y'all got to catch that now. You can't catch I'm giving you all of this so that you can move. You need your hands to move. You need your legs to move. You need your feet to move. You need your head to move. You need your torso to move. You need your fingers to move. You need your toes to move. You need everything to move. We're not giving this just to stand still. We're giving this so that we can move. Y'all with me? So now, in the scripture, we find that John the Baptist in chapter 3, he begins to declare as the forerunner, he begins the forerunner of Jesus, that the kingdom of heaven, he says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John the Baptist is declaring something. He's declaring that there is a move of God that is being initiated. He is readying the people for the next, Lord have mercy through here, move of God. Makes it clear that he is not the one, but he's a forerunner. A voice, if you will, that's crying, Lord have mercy, in the wilderness. That he is declaring something, that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, he's saying, first of all, to the Jewish believers, that you are under a system and you understand what it means to have a king. But I need you to understand, John the Baptist is really saying, I need you to understand that that thinking that you had and that you live on and you, live, you have a basis for looking for your king to come, I want you to know that your king is coming, but he is not coming the way you think he is coming. He's not coming to set up a political rule, a new political rule for you. He's not coming in here to set up this government that is going to straighten everybody out who's been doing you wrong. No, no, no. Not that type of government. No, there is a new government. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, heaven that is ruled and and that is controlled and run and governed by God is coming down to earth now. That you're going to get a sovereign king. Your king is coming. Yeah. Your king is coming. He is coming with a new order. He is coming with a new plan. He is coming with power. He is sovereign. He is coming. He is coming with dominion. He is coming. Come on. With authority. He is coming. But he is not coming the way you think. He is not coming on some stallion. He is not coming that way 
He's coming not for an external display. Oh, my God, help me. But he is coming for an internal move to do something on the inside of you that will show on the outside. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It is now time to repent. It's time to repent, man. It's not time for you to just say, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. It's not time for you to just declare, I'm sorry for stuff I've done. No, the law has controlled you. And because the law controlled you and showed you your sins, you find yourself always missing the mark. Oh, my God. But there is a new kingdom that's coming. And in order to enter into the new kingdom that is coming, you have, oh, God, help me through here. I feel the preacher. That is coming. You're going to have to do something, not with your formalities. Uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. Not with all the stuff you do on the outside. But there's going to be a need to change what's on the inside. Hallelujah. See, when you have had, Lord, help me. When you have had nothing but mishaps and trouble all of your life because you're always looking at the law telling you how bad you are, telling you how wrong you are, telling you how far you fall. When you always have somebody telling you how wrong, everybody telling you no, 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 no. You get used to no. You get used to not being able to do right. You get used to living in this low state of life where I can't do anything right. Where you look to an annual sacrifice to free you just for a moment. Because you live a sin-conscious life. Because the law makes you aware of how bad you are. And how nothing you will ever be until a year from now when atonement comes to wash your sins. Yeah. New kingdom is coming. It's time to repent. See. Here's what happens, and I got to quit because my time is up. Here's what happens. When there is a sin consciousness that is there, there is an adapting that takes place. You adapt to dysfunction. You, you, you adapt to dysfunction rather than abhorring, abhorring dysfunction. Watch. We make plans with sin in mind. We make plans to accommodate our dysfunction. When you've been in it so long, you know how you are. And because you know how you are, you factor that in your plans. Now, y'all need to catch this now, not when you go. 
We make plans with our dysfunction in mind. And we get so, we get so offended when someone challenges your dysfunction. We defend our dysfunction. I'm sorry, don't mean nothing by this, but I'm going to say I'm just feel, I feel a little raw right now. We release like the animals do. We release. Come on. If y'all urge me, I'll say it. But you release. We release. What's the best word? Urine. Around our little territory. We mark out our little territory. Okay, in the animal kingdom, what happens is predominantly the male in the animal kingdom will mark its territory by urinating. Okay, you try to mess with the hippopotamus's female, the young, different animals, they go ahead, they urinate. And they mark out the territory. See, and what we have done is we have uh, 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 we have through the flesh marked out our territory. God help me through here. <laughs> and so when the kingdom shows up. We have marked our territory and then we're ready to defend our dysfunction because we've lived in it so long, we think our wrong is actually our right. We build houses factoring in our dysfunction. We buy groceries factoring in our dysfunction. Boy, this might be the best message I've ever preached in my life. Sorry from last time. We, 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 we factor in how we live based upon our dysfunction. John the Baptist says, it's time to repent. He's saying, watch this, and I got to close, and I'll get to Jesus probably next week in the scriptures. What, 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 what we do is John says, repent. What he is saying there is that there has to be a change, yeah, in your mind. But watch this now. But it, it's not just a regular change in your mind. It is a radical change in your mind. Believe it or not, your ways are in your mind. Your ways, the roots, not the R-O-O, 
T-S, but the R-O-U-T-E-S is in your mind. The way you go is housed in your mind. Train up a child in the way that he should. What are you training? You're training the mind. You only, watch this, you only have to train up a child or train anything when there are several options. When you start to train someone, what are you doing? You're bringing them into a certain discipline. You're bringing them into a certain discipline. Repenting is the process that we engage in to wash and cleanse our old ways. You got to hear this. See, when you assimilate your dysfunction or assimilate sin into your life, you, have a f- you factored it in as if this is just the way I am. So it teaches us inadvertently not to hate sin. It teaches us, let me stop. It teaches us inadvertently not to hate sin. And when we don't hate sin, we accommodate it. Repenting is getting to the place where you cannot stand sin. It's easy to get people to say, I'm sorry, but it's tough to get people to repent. No, no, I'm, 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 I had to shout on that. I was good myself. People don't have a problem saying, forgive me. I'm sorry. That's hard enough for some. But repenting is to literally hate sin. It's to hate it. It is when you get to the point where you say, I am not going to accommodate you any longer. I... I am no longer going to make room for you. I have a statement that's not even time to say yet, but let me tell you what it is. I have a question that I'm going to be dealing with, and I'll leave you with the question. The question is, and I'll give it to you in the first person, when 
Will I resolve my past? Until I do, it will take up room in my present. Which gives me this next question. Did I really need that extra room? We'll work it. We'll work it. We'll work it. Yeah. Did I really need that extra room? When am I going to resolve my past? Your past keeps living in your present. Taking up room that your present needs and that your future is depending on. I need y'all to hear me. Because we're missing the move of God because we're still stuck. I won't say that other word, but we're still stuck in the past. If I said the other word, y'all wouldn't come back to church again. Because if I, I'm going to say it, because I, I want to I see how you all can handle this. I'm going to see if y'all can come to church next week. See if we're still stuck on stupid. It's out there. Here's why it was risky for me to say that, because some of you interpret it as if I was calling you stupid. And I did not call you stupid, but that we're stuck on. See, many can't, can't handle that. If I tell you you didn't do something wrong, you think I just called you wrong. No, it's the deed I'm referring to. You're brilliant. But what you did is not indicative of your brilliance. And with that, we'll say amen for today. Did y'all receive that? Woo. Hallelujah. Right where you are, bow your heads. Workers, take your posts at this time.